Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pigskin Pundits on this Wednesday, January 11th. 2017 playoff edition on Block Talk Radio. I am Mark Ferraro. Pleased to be joined, as always, by my good buddy, Thomas Murphy. What's up, Murph Dog? Last week, in terms of the wild card round, not too shabby with our selections. Yeah, no, I mean, I did, uh, I mean, I did fairly uh, well, and congratulations to you having a perfect, uh, having a perfect weekend on that front. Uh, we just both had uh, the Giants-Packers game different. Man, that was, uh, uh, you know, I knew, I, I thought it was a toss-up game. I had no idea it was going to end uh, end up to be such a blowout as it ended up being. No, you're absolutely right. You know, early on in that game, I got a little nervous because that Giants defense was dominating Aaron Rodgers. But as we talked about right before the show, in the second half, everything just turned around, and the Packers won by a huge margin. And they're facing the Cowboys on Sunday in the last game of four. So, Tom, let's get right off to it because we have a lot of games we have to cover. So let's start with the first one, Tom, on Saturday, the three versus the two. The Seahawks traveling to Atlanta face the Falcons at 435 on Fox. Tom, the floor is yours. You could go first, my friend. Oh, yeah. You know, this uh, This could end up being a very uh... – a very good game. You know, uh, these two played uh, earlier in the season. It was a pretty uh, hard-fought game. Um, I mean, uh, it's, been a, it's been a few years since Atlanta's been in the playoffs, so, you know, everybody's going to be really excited down there. Uh, but, you know, Seattle, uh, you know, they at first they seemed to be struggling with Detroit a little bit in that Saturday night game, and then they just blew them out of the water and were clearly the dominant team. That defense just unstoppable. Uh, I think they're going to have a tougher time this weekend with Atlanta, of course. Uh, I mean, as you would expect. But I think it's going to be just enough uh, to pull off the victory. I'm expecting a good game. I'm surprised this is the one that's going to be starting it off. But uh, give me Seattle to win this one, 24-20. Yeah, Tom, you mentioned that game against the Lions. It took them a little while to get going. But since or when Paul Richardson made that amazing catch on fourth down. Everything just clicked for them, like the Packers in the second half. And those are the two guys, Tom, that I want to focus on. Obviously, Paul Richardson, all those catches that he had in the game against the Lions reminded me of the Super Bowl matchup against the Patriots when Chris Matthews, the Seahawks receiver, made those incredible catches on that last drive. Richardson right there with them. He was that good. He was that good making one-handed catches left and right. And how about the performance, Tom? Of Thomas Rawls, 27 carries, 161 yards on the ground, six yards per carry. He was looking like Marshawn Lynch out there. He was that good. And Tom, you also mentioned how these two teams played each other back in Week Six, and the Seahawks won that game. That was the non-pass interference call on Julio Jones 
which caused some controversy. But, Tom, this is the matchup, man. You talked about it. The Seahawks defense versus that high-powered offense of the Falcons, who, by the way, Tom, in 11 games this year, they scored at least 30 points. Oh, yeah. You know, they uh... – definitely take some, taking some leaps and bounds. And, I mean, uh, you know, Julio Jones has just had some amazing games this year. And, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that offense can just click on all cylinders. Uh, I mean, Seattle's defense, they just seem to uh, really compete with the best of the offenses. So, I mean, I think Atlanta's going to, you know, I don't think they're going to get completely shut down. But, you know, I, look, uh, I, mean, I look for them to be a little bit hindered this weekend. And maybe one of the biggest storylines in this game, Tom, is how Dan Quinn is facing his former team. Let's not forget, before he was hired by the Falcons to be their head coach, he was the Seahawks' defensive coordinator. So he knows that whole unit there, the Legion of Boom, their weaknesses, and hopefully, for his sake, his team could exploit them. But, Tom, you know what? I actually agree with you in this first game. Give me Seattle to get the victory on the road. And you know what, Tom? I always worry about the Falcons, though, in the playoffs. It always seems like they never could take that next big step. And especially this year, Tom, if they don't do it with Matt Ryan, who is definitely going to be in the conversation for MVP through almost 5,000 yards and had 38 touchdown passes, I don't know when their time's right. So you know what, Tom? I agree with you. Give me Seattle to win 25-20. And my X factor in this game is the whole unit of that Falcons defense. Show me, show, show me something because their offense will put up points, but their defense has to come up big time. And you know what? I don't think they're going to be able to. Yeah, no, you mentioned it. I mean, the Falcons' defense last year was, uh, you know, pretty much a laughing stock, almost to the level of the Saints, but not, not as bad. Uh, they took a lot of, uh, you know, they made a lot of strides this season. Uh, Vic Beasley, second-year player, really uh, coming into his own, one of the more dominant pass rushers in the NFL. And uh, but I mean, one other thing, uh, you know, uh, you know, you mention, uh, you know, you mention, um, you know, Dan Quinn facing his old team. Another thing uh, that you definitely have to consider is how many times Seattle has been in the playoffs the past few the past few years, and how for a lot of these Falcons, it's going to be. Uh, you know, their first, I mean, some second uh, appearance ever in these playoffs. So you definitely have to keep the uh, the experience quotient is definitely huge in a game like this. And Seattle has that uh, has that advantage huge uh, in, in huge capacity. And, Tom, it, of course, that game against the Lions, going back to the wild card matchup with Detroit, of course, Doug Baldwin will steal a touchdown pass from his good buddy, Jermaine Kirst. Oh yeah, you know, there's uh that was uh that was definitely funny that um you know, I mean I think either of them would have gotten that uh touchdown. It was just uh it was quite a nice uh, lineup that was uh going right down the middle there and Doug uh Doug Baldwin, he's uh he's definitely he's he's definitely doesn't shy from the limelight, so you know he was going to uh get himself on the board there. And Tom, one more thing I wanna mention about this game against the Falcons, and it seems like Russell Wilson in the regular season this year wasn't that great. Like, he was very good, but there were some games this year where he where he didn't really show up and he had bad performances. But he seems like a guy, Tom, 
who is going to elevate his game in the postseason. And I think in that game against Detroit, played pretty well. Didn't have to do that much because they blew him out, and Thomas Rawls did his thing on the ground. But Russell Wilson, Tom, is a guy, when the lights are on in the postseason, this guy succeeds. And I think, hey, we both think on Saturday, is going to continue, and the Seahawks will be playing once again for the NFC Championship. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, Russell Wilson pretty much his entire career, all he knows is, uh, you know, making the playoffs and actually advancing, you know, he's, uh, he's won a playoff game in every single one of his, uh, every single one of his uh, seasons so far. So uh, he knows how to get it done. And my gosh, I've even the, uh, as again, you know, you said, wasn't his absolute best season uh, regularly. I mean, of course, they still won the division, but that record, a 10-5-1 and one, uh, record for uh, uh, or sorry, 9-5-1 and 9-6-1, uh, whatever the record was, is just a complete, uh, you know, it's almost unacceptable there, but you know, it was enough to win the division, and but if he's able to rely on Thomas Rawls, uh, you know, if uh, Rawls could have half the game that he did last week, uh, Seahawks should be in good shape, and they will have very little to worry about. Game number two at 8.15 on Saturday night on CBS. The Houston Texans traveling to the New England to face the Patriots. And, Tom, finally, hey, all I have to say is better late than never when it comes to Brock Osweiler because let's give him credit. He performed well in that game against the Raiders through two touchdown passes, zero mistakes, which for him is a huge deal. He got your boy DeAndre Hopkins involved. He had a touchdown reception, and that defense took advantage of playing a rookie quarterback in his first NFL start in Connor Cook. They forced three turnovers, but now it's different. Now you're facing a guy, a future Hall of Famer, a quarterback who in 12 games this year, Tom, only threw two interceptions. Connor Cook threw more picks in one game than Brady did in 12. So a complete 360 in terms of the opponent that the Houston Texans played this weekend, and it's not going to be pretty in my opinion, Tom. It's going to be a blowout. Right now, as we see here today, the Patriots are 16-point favorites. I think they're going to win by 17, okay? Throw a little wrinkle in there. So give me the Patriots, Tom to beat the Texans on Saturday night, 31-14. to 14. Oh, wow. You know, I actually have uh, I actually have New England winning by more. I'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, you know, I mean, Houston really, uh, they got a real gift not having to play Derek Carr in that game. It absolutely, uh, absolutely would have been a much, much different story if that were the case. Uh, but, yeah, you know, uh, it seemed like Osweiler was finally able to connect a little bit with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they put up a they put up a stat uh, in um, uh, on the TV during that uh, during that Raiders Texans game, um, and it just showed the disparity between Osweiler's stats to uh, other receivers and Osweiler's stats to DeAndre Hopkins, and it was unbelievable. His stats to other receivers were actually pretty decent, but he just, in the entire season, just struggled to connect with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I think he had something like a 40, like a less than 50% completion percentage and a mm-hmm. touchdown to interception ratio that was almost like one to two. It was just absolutely uh, ridiculous. And you know, when, you have a, when you have a talent like DeAndre Hopkins, like you have to, you just have to have to find him. 
and Houston is going to absolutely have to do that this week in order to even have a fighting chance against New England. Uh, I'm going to be rooting very hard for uh, Houston, but if they pulled this off, I think it would be possibly the biggest upset in uh, in playoff history for probably this millennium so far, uh, and even even further than that, more so than the Giants beating the Patriots in Super Bowl 42. Uh, I just don't. I just don't see. Uh, the Texans having any chance to win this, and I actually have New England winning by 23. I'm going to have them win 37 to 14. Again, you're listening to the Pigskin Pundits on Block Talk Radio. I'm Mark Ferraro. He's Thomas Murphy, and we're going through our NFL divisional round picks and going back to this Texans-Patriots game for one minute, Murph Dog. Don't forget, these two teams play each other all the way back in week three in September, and the Patriots, Tom, shut out the Texans 27 to nothing. And let's not forget, Tom Brady did not play in that game. You know who the starting quarterback for the Patriots was? Jacoby Brissett, and they still won by 27, and they shut him out, Tom. Uh, yeah, you know, and uh, as a Bills fan, I had the pleasure of uh, facing Jacoby Brissett the week later, and uh, yeah, I can tell you that Jacoby Brissett was, is absolutely no Tom Brady, so... Uh, I mean, if the yeah the Texans weren't able to control uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, this um, yeah this matchup against Brady might just be an absolute nightmare. Uh, it, I mean, it most likely will be a nightmare. Uh, and you know the Patriots' uh, ca- capacity to just run up the score. You know, uh, they've been a little better in years in years past of just not absolutely just trying to destroy teams. But if they wanted to, I think they absolutely could. But I've kind of noticed. Uh, in recent years, they usually do. Uh, they usually do. Uh, you know, pull the plug. Uh, you know, before it gets completely, completely out of hand. But uh, yeah, uh, that week three matchup is definitely not lost on too many people. Yeah, and this is definitely a contest, Tom. That in the second half, the Patriots are going to feed Legarrette Blunt more and more because when you look at him during the regular season, and everyone talks about Tom Brady. 12 games, 28 touchdowns, only two picks. But you look at the season that LeGarrette Blunt had, it was incredible. The guy scored 18 rushing touchdowns in 2016, including two against the Texans back in week three. So, Tom, we could talk about Tom Brady, this and that, and, of course, he's great, but we should focus on LeGarrette Blunt. This guy deserves so much credit for the way he played this season because, you know what, he was that good. No, he was. He was a uh, he was an absolute touchdown machine, and he was also in the uh, you know he's one of the top ten rushers in the uh, in the NFL. And this was much more of a rushing year than uh, 2015 was. So he definitely you know um, uh, he definitely kind of blended in with the crowd there. Uh, but yeah, 18 touchdowns. You know, I thought uh, McCoy had a great season with 13 rushing touchdowns. That's just know, more than one a game. It uh, just goes to show that, you know, Patriots are not a uh, one-trick pony anymore, and they can beat you both ways on the, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And another thing that helped the, the Texans out in that game against Oakland was when two Pro Bowl caliber, caliber offensive linemen lead the game with an injury. That's a big deal, and that's exactly what happened with the Raiders' time on Saturday. When Donald Penn and Rodney Hudson both got hurt in that game, and that only helped this Texans defense dominate on Saturday afternoon. 
Oh yeah, those were uh, I mean, uh, that that entire Raiders offensive line is pretty stellar. But when you have uh, you know two you know two of such high caliber like Rodney Hudson and Donald Penn go down, it's just you're just giving uh, just giving them favors. And also you got to mention uh, how great of a game Jadavian Clowney had. You know a lot of people kind of wondering you know as a first round pick. You know, he uh, really hasn't kind of shown it. If Houston could do that all over again, they probably would have taken uh, Khalil Mack or maybe uh, OBJ uh, or Derek Carr maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, it was kind of good to see him, especially for Texans fans, have his, see him have such a solid game, have that nice uh, you know, defensive line pick early in the game. And, you know, they're going to need a lot of that uh, – you know, uh, this game, especially with J.J. Watt being on the sidelines. Oh, no doubt. They have to get to Brady. That's the blueprint. Hey, we saw the Giants twice in the Super Bowl. You have to hit Brady. You have to knock him down, make him uncomfortable. So whether it's Clowney or Whitney Merciless, these guys have to get after him because if they don't, you're going to see the scores that Tom and I predicted. It's not going to be close. So obviously we'll see what happens on Saturday night. So, Tom, now let's shift to games on Sunday, starting at 1 o'clock in the AFC, also on CBS, between the Steelers and the two-seeded Chiefs, 12-4, great regular season, one division, and they get a home playoff game in Arrowhead Stadium. So, Tom, you could go first. Which team will play the Patriots in the AFC Championship game next weekend? Oh, man, I mean, this game coming up in Arrowhead is about as good a uh, uh, NFL playoff game as you could ever wish for. Um, you know, both two very, very solid teams that play really tough. Uh, both want this game very bad. Uh, you know, going for a score right now, I got to go. Uh, I just have to give the advantage uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. You know, that uh, Arrowhead, it's the first, I think it's the first playoff game in uh, five years, maybe even more. Uh, that place is just going to be absolutely electric. Uh, it's going to be – they're going to bring the noise, and Andy Reid is going to have this team ready to play. I think it's going to be close. Uh, the Chiefs are really going to have to do a, a better job than they did earlier in the season. As you may remember, the Steelers just absolutely whooped up on the Chiefs earlier in the year. Probably their definitely their worst loss of the season. All the other uh the other three Chiefs losses this year were very close. So the Chiefs are going to be looking for a little revenge, but more importantly, they just want to come away with this game and get to their first Chiefs want to get to their first AFC championship game since nineteen ninety four when uh Joe Montana lead them led mm. them to play against just guess which certain team they uh were what last played against in the AFC championship. Oh, it's got to be the Bills, right? Oh, absolutely. Back in 94, Bills put uh, put them to sleep uh, that day, and they haven't been back since. But uh, look for, I look for Kansas City to make their first uh, AFC championship in 23 years. It's going to be a good one, but give me the Chiefs to win 23-17. to 17. Now, Tom, when you pick the Chiefs and when you talk about X-Factors, there's only one guy whose name comes to mind and you witnessed this at first glance because he was on your fantasy team. Did I give you uh, any clues? I could give you more. He was a rookie receiver from West Alabama, the former Tiger, and that is Tyreek Hill, who on the season, Tom, 12 total touchdowns, and you know what? He scored in four different ways. 
Oh, yeah, no, he was absolutely incredible this year. Uh, you know, the uh, Chiefs are really looking forward to see what he can do, you know, many for many years to come in that organization. Uh, and I also look for him to have a huge, uh, you know, maybe a huge special teams play this week. You know, punt returns, you know, it kind of reminds me of a – very much reminds me of a Devin Hester, except the way more uh, um, – uh, what contributes way more on offense than Devin Hester ever did. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely a huge X factor. They use him many different ways. And uh, I just look for Andy Reid to get him involved very much in this game. Yeah, Tom, and you mentioned these two teams did play each other back in week four. Pittsburgh manhandled the Chiefs 43-14. to Well, there's no doubt in my mind that this game is going to be a lot closer than that one, but going back to the wild card weekend when the Steelers took care of the Dolphins 30-12, to 12, you had to be impressed with that Steelers offense. We knew, we talked about this last week, Tom, there was no way that those Pittsburgh studs on offense were going to duplicate the performance they faced the Dolphins the first time, and it was a complete opposite. On their first three drives, Tom, touchdowns, 85 yards, 90 yards, 83 yards, and one of those drives was all Le'Veon Bell. The whole drive, they gave him the rock, and he was successful. Antonio Brown, that burst of speed on those two separate touchdowns from Big Ben, and their defense came up big. Now, granted, they did play Matt Moore, who struggled, turned the ball over three times, I believe, but still, they took advantage of the opportunity, and they succeeded, and they did one heck of a job. And, of course, you have to bring up that Bud Dupree hit on Matt Moore. I can't believe, Tom, that Matt Moore came back after only missing one play from that hit. Oh, yeah, no, that was like being hit by a, a small tractor trailer. That was just uh, – oh, that was – that was just ugly and uh, ugly and beautiful at the same time, man. That's those are the kind of hits you like to see in football. It was a it was a clean hit, but man, it just he Matt Moore just get absolutely leveled. Yeah, and I was a little concerned post game. I wasn't expecting Big Ben to come out in a walking boot, but of course, Big Ben, he's a tough guy. There is no way he's missing this game on Sunday, no chance. But Tom, we do have our first disagreement when it comes to the games this weekend so give me Pittsburgh to win in a very close game just like you predicted 21-17 over the Chiefs in Arrowhead oh yeah no I could definitely see this this game is not a uh, walk away for either team I mean you mentioned uh, the way uh, the way Pittsburgh's uh, Offense just uh, completely dominated that game. And Le'Veon Bell, you may have heard earlier uh, earlier this week, he considered himself a, uh, <clears throat> a running back who's absolutely changing the changing the game. You know, while uh, you know I'm always one to appreciate modesty, I almost can't disagree with him. Uh, he has a running style that is completely all his own. I've never seen anybody with as much patience as him, and is able to just survey the field and find the hole that he wants. And uh, yeah, the Chiefs are going to have to have some uh, sort of game plan for that, uh, you know, in order to stop him. And I'm sure they will. Andy Reid really, uh, really comes up big in those sort in these sorts of moments. And 
You know, I mean, I'm looking forward to either whoever wins this game, very much looking forward to an AFC championship uh, against the Patriots. I mean, definitely Patriots have the edge almost on any team in the NFL, but I think either one of these teams could give uh, the Patriots problems in the AFC championship. Although definitely, yeah, no doubt. I mean, these two teams bring a different style. Obviously, Pittsburgh has a more explosive offense. Well, you've seen the Chiefs time in and time out. They win in different ways. And when you have a guy, Tom, like Tyreek Hill, that just is going to make things so much easier and so much better for for them because this guy can score in so many different ways, as we documented before. So, hey, whoever has to play the Patriots, they're going to have their hands full because both teams, because, listen, it should be a good one. It should be a classic. It's going to be that good on Sunday between these two teams. Now, Tom, the last game we have to cover on Sunday, 440 on Fox. The Packers, once again, the last game of the bunch, going up to Jerry's world to face the Cowboys, the number one seed in the NFC. And, Tom, last week the Packers did what they had to do. We talked about this earlier. Early in that game, it wasn't impressive. The Giants' defense was confusing Rodgers. But you know what? Early on in that game, they were holding the Giants to only three points. And we'll get to the reasons why, because of some drop passes from Odell Beckham. But the Packers, they beat the Giants. They won their seventh straight game. Aaron Rodgers, zero picks during that winning streak and 19 touchdowns. But, Tom, their number one concern going into this game is Jordy Nelson because from all indications right now, he will not play in this game. He has at least two fractured ribs. So they're going to need Randall Cobb to step up like he did against the Giants, Devontae Adams. Maybe we'll even see more of Jerry Cook in the absence of Jordy Nelson. This should be a great game, Tom, no doubt about it. And the Cowboys obviously off the bye. The two rookies, they were sensational. But this is a matchup, Tom, of two quarterbacks who rarely, rarely turn the football over. So when you're going into this prediction, okay, very tough. Very tough, but I think Aaron Rodgers and the boys, without Jordy Nelson, will still find a way to get this victory over the Cowboys. Rodgers, once again, will throw zero interceptions. He'll show up. He'll come out blazing. He won't start off slow. So giving the Packers time to get the road victory over the Cowboys, 24-21. to 21. Oh, yeah, wow. This is... Uh... I mean, yeah, this is definitely the game of the week here, you know, Green Bay in it for, uh, you know, two weeks in a row. Uh, and also, despite not until week 17, Green Bay seems to be like the one team none of these teams uh, want to play uh, in this uh, in this playoff, uh, in this playoff series. They're just uh, clicking on all cylinders here. Uh, I mean, Rodgers last week, I thought that was going to be – I thought that was going to be a really good game. That was an absolute laugher. Rodgers just having one of the best performances of his career. Uh, you know, and you mentioned, you know, Green Bay, Dallas, neither team makes very mistakes, too many mistakes on offense. Uh, you know, but I agree with you. I have to give the advantage to Rodgers here. I mean, Prescott has had a fantastic season, but, you know, this is his first playoff game, and he's going up against a future legend. And I just uh, – I don't see him being able to compete. Packers are so hot right now, and uh, they just may actually be be the team to beat in the NFC. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. We're both uh, 
go. I don't even know if you can consider it an upset. I mean, a one four, you would absolutely think it's an upset. Uh, you know, much different than the one four matchup going on in the AFC. But yeah, give me the Packers. I think they're going to win a little more handily than uh, than you predicted them to. I think they're going to win thirty to twenty one. Now, a couple of things for Dallas here, Tom. Number one, Des Bryant did not play in the first time when the Cowboys did play the Packers, and the Cowboys actually beat the Green Bay on the road. So that's one thing to keep in mind. And number two, they're getting back one of the cornerbacks in the secondary, Morris Claiborne, who has been out since week eight with a groin injury. So those are two positives for Dallas. But, of course, we have to come back to the quarterback situation. And listen, Prescott should start. I'm not saying that. Well, I'm just curious, Tom, because of Jerry Jones, and you never know in the spotlight, if, if Dak Prescott, if he gets off to a slow start, would they dare go to Tony Romo in relief? I don't think they should, but with the Cowboys, Tom, you just never, never know. Yeah, you do never know. I mean, I have to think uh, you would not see Tony Romo come in until, like, the second half uh, if uh, Prescott got off to a uh, like not so great of a starter, if they caught themselves in a hole, um, I mean, just you know, just bailing on your quarterback you've had the whole season, you know, uh, too early could just be a little ridiculous. But yeah, like you said, you never know. And you know, I mean, I could see maybe in the third quarter if they're down by ten and they need a miracle that uh, you could definitely see it happen. And, Tom, we talked about this going back to the Packers for one second. That Hail Mary at the end of the first half, Rodgers throwing the ball in the end zone, in the back of the end zone, there's Randall Cobb, two feet inbound, falls to the ground, touchdown Green Bay. And as we remembered, the third Hail Mary pass Aaron Rodgers in his career, he did it last year in the playoffs against the Cardinals, and then in the same season against the Lions on Thursday night. This guy has a flair for the dramatic that was a pretty incredible scene there because, Tom, when that scenario happened, as we talked about, everything turned around in the second half for the better for the Packers. Oh, absolutely. You know, and those are just the three we can remember. I'm wondering if he had a Hail Mary in some uh, other game that's just not coming to us. But uh, we might have to do some research on that. Uh, but not only with his uh, flair for the dramatics, uh, I think it was his second uh maybe actually his first touchdown throw of the game where um uh he was uh where he was just in the pocket and it looked like it collapsed. I've like barely seen in my entire uh lifetime of watching NFL football seen a uh, quarterback with his such great pocket presence as uh Aaron Rodgers. Well that pocket was just collapsing. He did not panic at all. He just stayed he actually just stayed right where he was and was just able to lay a beauty in there. And uh yeah. It's uh, when all is said and done, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has, I'm going to guess, uh, you know, six, seven more years in him. Uh, I mean, he's going to be, he's good. He might actually be in contention by the time he retires in the conversation for greatest of all time. And it would definitely help if he was able to add uh, a Super Bowl to his resume this year, uh, this year, even more so than next year. Yeah, and you look at the MVP discussion in the National Football League. Now, obviously, the votes already happened, so they don't count what happens in the postseason. But you talk about the list of guys, Tom. It's pretty incredible. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady. You talk about you know the two Cowboys, Ellie and Prescott. This is a stud list of guys 
that you're going to have to vote for. Even, even Derek Carr might get some votes, even though he was hurt, because how much he means to the uh, Oakland Raiders. So, Tom, you talk about the MVP discussion. Aaron Rodgers, especially what this guy did in the last couple games of the regular season, ever since they lost that game on Sunday night to the Redskins, they turned the tables, they ran the table, like he said, and they're not looking back now. They're going to keep the good times rolling, Tom and I believe, on Sunday. But going back to one more thing, Tom, in that game, well, actually a couple more things, but at least from Green Bay's side, I'll tell you one guy who got off the hook, and that is Mike McCarthy. I'm not sure everyone saw it by now. The scenario, the, the Packers were up 14-6 to in the third quarter with six minutes left, and he decided to go for it on fourth and inches at their own 42-yard line. Of course, Montgomery gets stopped, and then two plays later, Eli throws that touchdown pass to King. Obviously, it didn't matter, but still, Tom, gutsy, gutsy call for Mike McCarthy, and unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, in that, uh, in that part of the field and in uh, such a uh... – you know, such an important game like that, and it almost turned into a, a game changer. Uh, yeah, you kind of have to wonder uh, what he was thinking. I mean, if I were a coach, I would definitely have played that one safe. But, uh, you know, it might just go to show how much uh, faith he has in his offense to just completely bounce back from that. Because uh, it definitely wasn't a uh, factor of how much faith he has in his defense. I mean, Packers' defense isn't horrible, but um, it's just not uh, – you know, it's just definitely not a uh, uh, defense that you want to give uh, a high-powered offense like the Giants a short field to. So, yeah, definitely a gutsy call, but uh, you know, ended up not mattering. And he might have to make some, uh, may have to make some more uh, uh, challenging calls in this game against the Cowboys. And hopefully, he comes up with the right answers for those. And Tom, speaking of those Giants, we have to talk about them for a little bit. Obviously, everything was going on with the organization right now, with Odell Beckham and this and that. And some comments, very interesting comments, Tom. I'm not sure if you had a chance to look at them from Eli Manning and Jerry Reese. I'll go with Eli first. And this is what he said. And you got to give him a lot of credit because a lot of times organizations don't say the truth or some players, but he he told it like it is. I love it from Eli Manning. He said if Odell Beckham continues drawing attention to himself, you got to back it up. You have to. Now, some of his throws on Sunday were not great, but some Beckham should have had. And he dropped some early, which hurt the Giants, cost him a touchdown early on in that game, which could have set the tone, gave him a little more points than just those field goals. And even Jerry Reese said that he needs to grow up and be responsible for his actions. And, you know, listen, forget about the whole Miami thing. Fair or not, you know, agree or disagree with them going out and partying, after that game, or I think it was on Monday in Miami, you talk about off the field after the game on Sunday, you know, punching a hole in the wall like Kevin Brown did a long time ago with the Yankees and banging his head against the door. Tom, you can't do those things. You have to be a lot smarter. And you know what, Tom? I'm not sure if Odell Beckham, he just might never learn. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, you would hope, you'd hope that he would learn. I mean, he's such a, such a young guy, but you see it time and time again in the NFL. I mean, he's an absolute rare talent. Uh, and, you know, you could probably uh, imagine in, in Buffalo that same year he was drafted, I think, ninth overall, or sorry, 11th overall. Uh, we, we traded up to get Sammy Watkins, and there's the whole argument about how, 
It's like, oh, so we could have stayed put and had uh, Odell Beckham Jr. And despite his talents, I am so, so happy that the Bills did not uh, go that route. I mean, just because he, I mean, despite all of his talents, he just seems to be an extra headache with uh, this team. I mean, his antics, I mean, that whole thing in the, uh, uh, <clears throat> I think it may, was it the, uh, not a Redskins game, but there was a game, uh, you know, where he had the whole antics with proposing to the net and everything. He also had the – Okay, yeah. Uh, and the earlier game, I guess, that was it where, against the Redskins where he, you know, where he, like, tried to throw the uh, the net down and ended up getting caught in it. Uh, I mean, these are just things you don't need, especially, you know, with a great talent like him. Nobody's ever going to question his talent, but – I mean, he just has to channel his energy in a more positive way, and uh, it just doesn't seem to be happening. And I'm very, uh, I'm very curious how how long of a career he's going to have with the Giants. I mean, if he continues this, I mean, no matter you know what numbers he puts up, they're probably going to realize it's just not worth it. Yeah, Tom, you're right. It was a game against the Ravens where he proposed to them because they scored a touchdown late in the game. It was a big touchdown from Eli to Beckham. And then he went straight to the net, and he proposed to it. But, yeah, in a game against the Redskins early on when he had the controversy with the net, you know, punching it and doing whatever. But, yeah, hey, listen, he has a tremendous talent. There's no doubt about it. But when you have Eli Manning and Jerry Reese calling you out, you better pay attention. I mean, those guys have the bling. Beckham has nothing. So, and he dropped some passes in that game. So, Beckham needs to, you know, just kind of chill out. Go away for a little bit. And come back strong next season. And, Tom, out of all the things, whether you want to talk about the boat, whatever, going to Miami, how do you work Timberlands on a boat? Are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, there were a lot of, uh, in that famous photo, there seemed to be a lot of people, uh, you know, inappropriately dressed for that boat. I mean, I think somebody had a skull cap, but I think it was 80 degrees down in Miami. Uh, yeah, I just don't get it. It was, uh, I think it was just more a stupid photo op and, uh, I mean, of course, the internet had a real blast with that after uh, uh, after that game happened. I mean, you, you just knew it. I mean, Odell was just setting himself up to be made fun of if they had lost that game. Uh, but yeah, no, the memes that came out from that were just absolutely uh, absolute gold. Now, for the second consecutive week to wrap it up, Tom and I disagree on only one game. We disagree on the first game on Sunday between the Steelers and the Chiefs. Tom is going with the Chiefs, and I have the Steelers. All the other games we agree on. But, Tom, just before we wrap up the show, we do have some Buffalo Bills news, and you talked about this before the program. I looked it up, and you mentioned how the Buffalo Bills, Tom, might be the day today where they hire a new head coach. Uh, yes, it seems uh, Vic Carucci, Buffalo News uh, head, uh, Buffalo News, Buffalo Bills reporter, uh, has announced the Bills. Prob uh, good chance the Bills will announce their new head coach today. Uh, I mean, I've been hearing it for uh, about the past day and a half. So, I mean, it seems as of last night, it seems like it's uh, it's not 100% official, but it sounds like Sean McDermott, defensive coordinator for the Panthers, will be the Buffalo Bills' new head coach. Uh, uh, ask me, ask me in week eight of uh, the 2017 season how excited I, how excited I am about it. Uh, you know, hopefully, um, you know we can bring in a good uh, offensive coordinator. You had mentioned somebody earlier. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, I have to imagine McDermott might be able to uh, settle things down with our uh, 
with our defense that just was not ever clicking with Rex Ryan's uh, Rex Ryan's scheme, and hopefully he can bring us back to the prominence that we had in 2014 because we still have a lot of those players from that uh, dominant defense in 2014. So, uh, yeah, uh, while it's not 100%, but it looks like it's going to happen, uh, I wish Sean McDermott the best of luck. We need you. And, um, yeah, you can just uh, – yeah, if you can, if you can make Buffalo a winner again, you will be – welcomed in Buffalo. Uh, you'll have a home in Buffalo for the rest of your life. Yeah, and Tom, everything that I've been reading so far this morning is that if they do hire McDermott, the guy who would be his OC is Mike McCoy, the former head coach of the Chargers, which would be a great hire because he's one of the biggest names on the market, and that would be one less option for the Jets to bring in. Hey, you know, I would dig it. Uh, you know, I love getting former head coaches as uh, coordinators. You know, they uh, they they really tend to, um, you know, uh, work to their strengths there. Uh, I mean, you see it all the time. Like Jim Schwartz, not a great head coach, but as a defensive coordinator, absolutely one of the best. And, uh, yeah, uh, getting Mike McCoy in there would be a, uh, would be a huge, uh, would be a huge asset. And uh, we, you know, we definitely need a uh, good offensive corner that can make the most out of our offensive talent. Well, Tom, I thank you, as always, for joining me on the program, going through all the games this weekend. We'll definitely keep in touch and enjoy the rest of your week. Okay, man? Oh, absolutely, man. And after this week, we're just going to have four more teams left and uh, just uh, three, more, three more weekends of football. So kind of sad, but very excited. Oh, no doubt, man. Well, especially for us because we can, we can look forward to the offseason and the draft coming up and everything. But, yeah, man, hey, you know what? The season truly, truly flies by. But, everyone, enjoy the rest of your week. As I mentioned, all the games this week, enjoy it. Sit back, relax. They all should be very, very entertaining. Just a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mark F. Ferraro. Murphy is at Murphy TV. Thanks for listening to the program. You don't know how much we appreciate it every single week. And as always, don't forget to tune in next time to the Pigskin Pundits with your hosts, Mark Ferraro and Thomas Murphy, only on Block Talk Radio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.